0: What
1: is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the In the Round podcast. You got Matt Brill hanging out with you today, episode 78. One of my favorite dudes in this town, one of my favorite people. The one, the only, Mister Nick Haynes. Finally getting him on the epi- on the podcast for an episode. It's been long overdue. He's got a brand new song coming out on Friday called "Over There." We're debuting it here on this episode. But before we get into that conversation with old Nick Haynes, I gotta tell you all about our sponsors, Whaletail Media. Our friends in the content world, our partners in this podcast, and on the writers round. Check them out, Whale Tail Media. They even do weddings, Whaletail Weddings. They are the best in the business. Next, we got our friends from Saxman Studios. Got a lot of friends that record over there. They're big supporters of the scene. A great spot to record demos, projects. They'll work with you. They know what they're doing. Grady and the boys over there. Nick Haynes actually worked with them recently. So we'll talk about that a little bit more in the episode. But check them out. SaxmanStudios.com right here in Nashville, Tennessee. And last but certainly not least, our friends in the green world. Andrew and the boys at Trailside CBD Wellness. CBD wellness you know brand new name and title form they got this magical thing it's called Delta 8 THC it is legal hemp derived THC doesn't give you all that paranoia and all those bad side effects it gives you a nice chill coasting high and uh, you can check out their products with us by using promo code ITR at checkout trailsidecbd.com save 20% off your order or always find them at one of our writers nights and also make sure you guys leave a five-star review. Check out Nick Haynes' new music uh, over there. It's available for pre-save and pre-order now. And now without further ado, we're going to get into it. My conversation with my boy, Mr. Nick Haynes. So you've had a lot going on, man. You've been pretty busy, huh?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's been... a uh... Uh, kind of drinking from the fire hose since uh, since I moved up here, it feels like. Uh,
1: what, what does drinking from the fire hose
2: mean? Just like imagine being uh, hooking up a fire hose to a fire hydrant and, and just putting it up to your mouth. And it's just shooting at it's you? Just <laughs> shooting. Just wide open, man.
1: Damn, man. Damn, man. So how long have you been living up here now?
2: So I moved up January 2019. You're right
1: around the same time I got here then. Yeah. Because I'm October 2018. And I think there's a lot of like our folks in our friend group that are like around that time, which is pretty cool.
2: Yeah. A lot of people either, uh, like a lot of people from home, uh, that were doing the same thing we were doing. Matt McKinney, I think was right, right around that time. Uh, J Kyle Reynolds, a few other folks that I know of personally that, that moved up about the same time as me. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, um, for sure. And there's a, there's a big, um, obviously coming from the state of Georgia, you you grow up around the about um, songwriters. You grow oh, up yeah. around music. You you grow up around good football. You grow up you grow up singing in church. Like there's there's something about about um, a lot of the southern states, but in particular Georgia, yeah. where there's a lot of you guys and girls coming out of there. For you, what was when was kind of the the swi- When did the switch flip to like I want to be that guy on stage, or I want to be that guy with the guitar writing these songs?
2: Yeah, for me, um, man, I was a. Uh... My parents got divorced when I was ten years old, and uh, it was just kind of a therapy thing. But I think the first time that I really was like, "That's something I want to do," uh, was church. Um, uh, you ever heard of a, a group called Casting Crowns? It's a Christian band. I th- I'm
1: sure I've I've heard but, of it somewhere. So Mark, yeah.
2: yeah, Mark Hall. This was before Casting Crowns, but he was our my youth pastor. I got invited from a buddy I played basketball with, uh, Tyler Evans that I played basketball with, um, in middle school. And he was like, Hey man, uh, you know, we got a church, you know, it's really cool service, you know, uh, youth group thing on Wednesday night. So I, I was like, yeah, I'll come, you know, and went and, uh, Mark was doing his thing. And I was like, this is awesome. You know, this is, this is definitely what, I, what I want to do. I just always had that. And my pop always was a big, uh, country music singer. He was in a, in a band called Jimmy Haynes and the travelers back in the sixties. He knew Merle Haggard and, uh, rode around in a, in a limousine with Charlie Pride. And <laughs> no shit, that's pretty play. cool. Yeah, he used to play out at uh, in Texas. At, he played all over. He played up in Nashville, but he uh, played at the American Legion a lot and uh, raised his three sons. He was going to move up to Nashville, and then uh, him and his him and his wife went through a divorce, and so he had to raise his three sons. So I kind of think I'm I'm just carrying on that that dream a little bit and kicking the kicking the ball a little bit further with it for me. So.
1: That's cool. Yeah, what was what was that moving up to Nashville like initially? Because it's it's very different. Because you're from you're from Loganville, Georgia, mm-hmm. which is home to some other folks that have grown up that, yeah. have, that have come up in within the country music scene. Like our buddy Jordan Rager. I mean, yep. it's kind of near that Athens area where you you've got the Corey Smiths, the Brantley Gilberts, the Colt Fords, all those guys coming up. Yeah. What was it like going from there to now? You're here in Nashville
2: man, it was, uh, it was eye opening. You know, the, 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 red carpet did not roll out, so to speak. I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was like, oh gosh, what have, what have I done kind of thing? Um, and they, they say, welcome to the shit show. So that, that was, uh, that was the same, no different case for me when I moved up. Um, Jordan Rager actually a little small note on him since you brought his name up. We went to the same high school and, uh, we uh the first time i ever met him was a was a competition called corn dog idol
1: corn dog idol Yeah, it's
2: like american idol but corn dog idol Cor-
1: that's that's some was, georgia shit yeah,
2: it had they had like the cornrows out there it was a big country fair thing that was did. now
1: was it just music or were there other people like was it like, like were, there, were there people doing like weird shit like trying to become the corn dog idol? i
2: didn't see any jugglers or any weird you know cat tricks <laughs> or anything like that but uh yeah they were it was mostly just i think singers and stuff and that was the first time i met him he was he's a few years younger than me obviously i'm one of the old guys up here. Uh, but yeah, man. Uh, so that was the first time we didn't even really talk a whole lot, but we, we kind of played in some of the same circles and, uh, I was in a duo. So we opened up for Jordan at a, at a local place called American Tavern off of 78. I think they changed the name of it since then. Um, but that was before we moved up. And then, like I said, I was in that duo when I moved up and we were, you know, we were doing a lot of cool things. We were opening up for Ray Fulcher, playing, you know, we played Whiskey Jam before we even moved to town, played Bus Call, played a few other shows, and uh, sold out Eddie's Attic back home and uh, Smith's Old Bar. And, you know, we were doing our thing. Um, but, you know, for, for, you know, we, when we got up here, the guy that I was in the duo with was kind of, you know, wanting to take a break from that. So that was a little bit of a curveball for me. And, yeah, yeah that's, a,
1: that's a tough transition, man. Yeah. Like you, you move up here and you're, you're seeing success in Nashville before moving to Nashville because it's it's a goal for everybody. I can't wait yeah. for you to do your your solo thing at Whiskey Jam and Thank your solo you. thing at Buscall cuz that that's going to happen. But like to be given to be doing those those gigs and to have those opportunities before moving to town oh, that, that, that's some big us. momentum and then to yeah. be on tour with people and be whether it's as the local act or whether it's doing a weekend run or whatever and then you come up and you kind of see it come to like a come to like a halt yeah what, yeah. what was that transition oh, like man. that
2: that's tough it was it was tough man it you know and not only that the element of losing you know, not losing, but like leaving your hometown where all your buddies are and you're having to make new friends. It was, I was depressed. I'll be, I won't lie to you. The first year, man, was really tough. And I, and I always try to tell people that move up, you know, what's your advice or, you know, how did you take it? I would honestly, man, that first year is the wor- is the biggest grind, you know, and, but you lay so much foundation from that first week or that first year. So yeah, it was tough, man. I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go out. I, I didn't want to I didn't want to I was like man I just maybe need to move back home I was really considering it and uh and
1: you and you're working a 9 to 5 while you're doing yeah, this right yeah. mm-hmm. which that's that's a whole other level of of grind because you're a guy that's always writing Like you've been, you've been a writing son of a bitch since I've met you, which has been Mm -hmm. about a little over a year ago now and just always kind of grinding and playing rounds. But then at the same time, it's not like this is all you do because you've, you've got that nine to five. And there's a lot of folks that are in that position as well that are, that are, that try to figure out how do I balance the time to do that? So Mm can you speak on that at all? Like, how how do you, how do you balance that time, man?
2: It's, it's another fire hose. Uh, (laughs) It's wearing a lot of hats. Uh, I was actually on a call with my boss right before I, you know, when I pulled in the driveway, um, trying to figure out uh, we're, we're training a new guy and trying to, trying to teach him the ropes and some of the applications and getting that set up. So it's, it's really, and I'm pretty ADD when it comes down to like my focus. I'm like, Oh, there's a squirrel, you know, or whatever. There's something over there. So I get distracted really easily. So, um, but I think that it's kind of worked in my favor because if I was doing the same thing all the time, I would probably be miserable, you know? Um, and I, I don't know. Multitasking is just kind of something I've always, I've done for years now. And I'm not saying it's gotten any easier, but I think you just kind of keep going. You just kind of keep moving along, you know. And you have grace on yourself too. If if you don't get everything done, it's okay. You know, just just keep keep your head up and keep keep trying. So. I think having a notepad, I, I I journal. I try to journal every day. I don't. I'm not always doing it, but I try to. And and start off like I was telling you earlier. Just just get that to do list going right when you wake up. Like, that's, what do I have to do?
1: That's important, man. Because like you talk about the multitasking and like always having to be going. Mm-hmm. Um, something for me. Like there's days like you know, mate, I'm I'm usually going. We we got we oh, got yeah. we got some shit going You're on
2: going big time. But
1: man. there's days where like I'll just sit in the house and do nothing. And I don't want to say it's like depression because i don't know if that's what it is but there's just days where you don't feel like doing shit yeah like for me it's like i'm in such a better place mentally when i'm just going yeah like the moment i stop is when i get in my head and then shit starts starts going
2: what's that that saying uh idle hands are the devil's playground yeah bro
1: idle hands idle hands are the are the devil's playground and they they definitely i i definitely feel that and
2: and all all that kind of stuff. So it's it's yeah. It
1: makes sense to why you're why
2: you're going so much. And I think too there's there are times where you gotta take some downtime. Like I, I think that's a good thing too. You but know?
1: but downtime and just sitting on the couch playing fucking PlayStation for ten <laughs> out. That ain't good. Yeah, Enjoying my Delta Eight doing that, that ain't good, you my know. Playstation you
2: days get... left a long time ago. I used to man, Halo when Halo came out. I was like trying to play the thing, looking up, looking down. I was freaking backwards. I was like, this this ain't my gig, man. Yeah,
1: you you did the college thing, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Georgia College down in Millie, Vegas.
1: Milledgeville. Yep. Milledgeville, Georgia, which is uh, – how many concerts did you see there? A lot, Because you, you guys are blessed with a, with a venue that is a staple in the Southern Country Circuit. Yep. Formerly Capital City, now Ned Kelly's.
2: Yep. How many shows did you see there? Man, I saw so many. I saw – Luke Bryan back when it was five bucks a head to get in there. Uh, Corey Smith, uh, Bobby Penson used to play down there. Um, Dirks Bentley played down there. Uh, they, were, they did a festival called Sweetwater Festival every year, and they had to change the name because the beer company had a problem with it. But they were doing it before Sweetwater ever came out. But yeah. uh, there's another band called John Butler Trio. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they've got a cool like vibe to them. The guy's got dreadlocks, just white dude, just just kind of being a hippie, man, but yeah. they've got great music, so it was always around, man, and I and I always played, I was more of a closet player, like I would play with my buddies and stuff, and Rocky, that that ran uh, Capital City, was like, man, you need to come play, you need to come play, and and I, you know, and I just, I don't know, I, I was in a classic rock band, you know, in, in during college a little bit, did some stuff like that, but my goal was to move up here in 2009 when I graduated and and I would have, uh, you know, I kicked myself because I I saw a Facebook post the other day and it said, thinking about Nashville and that I had wrote in 2009. I was like, damn, I wish I'd have done that. Wow. But you know, you live, you live and you learn. I kind of went a detour. I had some other, got married and had some other experiences with that. But yeah, college was great, man. Like I I was, uh, my last year I I had all my buddies were pikes. And so they were like, you got to, you know, you got a rush or whatever, and I was like, "Well, I already hang out, might as well." So the last year, man, I was there. We had all the old guys that were pledging, and uh, most of the guys <laughs> in like, that like pledge the, class were seniors. Like the t- like
1: like the, um, not quite old school, but kind of like old yeah. school, where you have all the older guys, and yeah. then you have all the all these kids running around. So I'm used so.
2: to being the old guy, you know. So I guess. Yeah,
1: I mean, you're not the only old guy like in our in our friend group either. No, no. Well, like,
2: Trey, me and Trey are pretty pretty close in age.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's some. I'm trying to think of who else because, like, I I feel like even sometimes I'm an older guy because we've got a lot of 21, 22, 23 year olds. I'm that's 26. Yeah. I mean, and but but by in the grand scheme of things, I'm kind of like in the middle. So you talk about that detour. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's helped you a lot with this this music you're getting ready to put out? Oh, because it's man. I feel like a, a big thing. And I'm not a writer, so I can't fully speak on it. But something that I constantly hear is that. You need to live a little and have have those experiences to write about, especially yeah. if you're going to be a vulnerable writer, yeah. which I think is is the best kind of writing when you're writing about shit that you feel or somebody else feels. Yeah, and if you're taking that that long detour,
2: yeah, man. It's I've I've lived a lot of lives, um, a lot of experiences. Definitely, I mean, I've had I've had every kind of job you can think of, um, and then and then going through that divorce and and going and I mean, you know, it was it was huge for for just writing, I mean, I, it, 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 a lot of inspiration came through and, and for, for a lot of people, when you go through those trials, that's, that's what it sometimes takes for inspiration. So, you know, they say the Bible says like, uh, consider it joy when you go through trials and suffering, you know, cause it's working out perseverance. It's working things out inside of you. And I think honestly, that's, that's sometimes the biggest blessing is, is going through the hard times. It's not fun. It sucks, but like, it gives you um, at some point, you can look back and you can say, you know, this this made me a, a better person because of it. You know, what
1: what's a song that's like a real personal song for you? Either on the project oh, or one that one that's not coming out in this batch.
2: Well, even the first song over there, I yeah. mean, it, it talks a lot about how I felt. You know, when uh, when I was going through, uh, and I wrote that with Davis Corley and, and uh, Joey Hollis. <laughs>
1: great, great guys to be writing a song with. Yeah,
2: Joey <laughs> was one of the first people I wrote with when I came to town. We, the, the, where I met him. It's a little funny story. We started to take a detour. No, give it. Oh, give it, man. Where I met him was uh, at a Ray Fulcher show that we were opening up for at Smith's Old Bar, and I was like, "This guy looks familiar. Where have I seen this guy?" And I just, I was like, "Dude, I know I've seen you somewhere." I was like, "Did you go? Did you happen to go to Georgia College?" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Dude, we we used to hang out." So Joey was like one of the first people when I came to town, like that I reached out to to write with because I didn't know anybody. Matt McKinney was another one, um, and so yeah, that's that. It was kind of crazy, full circle. You know, we're both up here. I don't know how many years, ten years later. You know, and he he's been up here for a while. He's been doing the thing for a while. Um, but like Thomas Archer, he was in my fraternity. You know, no I, shit. Yeah,
1: I did not know that.
2: Yeah, he was a little head, ahead of me, like when I went through. Um, and uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's there was a lot of good. Good stuff from that school, but yeah, over there that's a big one to get back to what you were saying. Um, what it's supposed to do will be the last song on that EP, and uh, that really encompasses kind of so much for me. I wrote that again with Davis Corley, uh, Dan Hudson, and Joey Hollis.
1: What what's writing with Davis Corley like? Oh man, what, like, like Davis Corley. For those that don't know him, is one of yeah. one of the the coolest. He he, he might he, when you meet him, he seems like very quiet. I don't want to say standoffish, but just like a quiet dude, he's kind yeah. of chilling. But once you get talking to him, man, he, yeah. he's got he's got a lot to say. He's just just such like a, a unique vibe. What, what's it like writing with him? And how'd you meet Davis?
2: Davis Corley is one of my favorite people in this town. I would know? agree with that. Yeah, yeah. he uh, I I saw him at a show, man, and I was like, holy crap, this guy's good. And uh, you know, I, I grew up or not grew up, uh, but uh, one of my guys that I've I've listened to a lot is a, a, you, he's not country at all. His name's Noah Gunderson.
1: Yeah. Oh, bro. And yeah, you, you
2: have a baby. You put a you you put Noah Gunderson and Tom Petty together and have a baby. That's the sound that that Davis Corley has uh, to me, uh, and uh, so that was one of the first things I went and said to him, and he's like, "Man, I really appreciate that," you know, and we just kind of. For me like I was just trying to get out there and meet people as much as possible. So I was going to the bars. I was going, you know, and and just just being a fly on the wall, you what, know, and what, trying to learn. What
1: were what were those bars? The local uh liveo. S- same places we hang out at
0: now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is cool. Uh tin Roof, you know, Losers, Winners, um division anything off Division Demumbrian and then and then over there near the local. And then you know, from time to time, I'd go down Broadway and stuff, but I, I try to avoid that nowadays.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's a wild Broadway's freaking freaking crazy, and it's getting crazier. Mm-hmm. And you're one of those guys that lives in the downtown area. Yeah, so you've you've seen how have you how long have you and Chelsea been at that spot?
2: So I moved up, um, like I said, January, and with our drummer. Um, so our whole band, three guys in our band, moved me, and we were a you know duo. So I was the harmony guy, the other lead singer, and then. Uh, and then Mike, Michael, um, and uh, he's he's a drummer now with uh, Philip Michael Parsons band. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know. So who, yeah, yes. so he moved back out to uh, Waldorf. I think is where he was from, Waldorf, uh, Maryland. So anyway, uh, what was the question? <laughs> question was
1: how how long have you been living in that yeah. spot downtown? So
2: ever since then, yeah. He moved up with me first, and then Chelsea moved up about six to eight months later, um, and then so we've been there ever since about three years. So you've seen
1: the the progression of that area just just grow. Big
2: time. Yeah, uh there's a place Did you see where they're building Live Nation? No. It's going like walking distance from my house. Jeez. It's it's right across from uh you know where Forks Drum closet is. Yeah, oh yeah. It's right right literally like right wow. over from that. It's huge, man. It's all a big music venue, like living. They've got a stage out back. You can. Oh, you I think back. I have
1: seen this because that's by the. Um, there's another Cinco de Mayo over there, right? Yep. in that area.
2: Yeah, the Cinco that's more downtown, like near the Gulch, kind of.
1: But so this this, this is is what you're like talking about right by my house. Jeez, that's like where I walked. That's going to change the game.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome. So all that's developing. I heard Spotify and iTunes are both going in. Where we're at i don't i don't know if that's a myth or, or if that's true but th- that's apparently going in right over the where we are in wedgwood so there's a lot of stuff growing over there man a lot how, of cool bars how, how many
1: how many pedal taverns do you see in a day
2: oh gosh i, I so many come down second and and they're always blaring it man there's, there's nobody on it because they're going from wherever the pickup is i guess and driving it back filling up gas uh, I would say probably four or five a day. Oh,
1: no shit. Come yeah. by. Because I, I got to say, like, last this time last year was some of my favorite nights that I've had in Nashville. Mm-hmm. We're, we're sitting in your guys' front yard. Mm-hmm. just oh, Just yeah. hanging out, fire pit on the front yard on 2nd Avenue. Before anybody knew about DDI. Well, well, just our, our crew, it was just yeah. a group of friends hanging after kickball. Yeah. And it was just like open invite, like come come here and hang. And there's mm. other other guys that moved to town around that time, like Liam Stoley, for example. Oh yeah, he, great dude. He had just moved to town and was was coming by and hanging. Justin Holt just yep. moved, and and then meanwhile there's there's a collection of guys that have been here for a little while. There's folks that knew each other. I was just getting to know you guys around that point. It's like sitting around that pile. That was like that was the best dude yeah those were really good times
2: yeah i think the first time i met you was was either at ryan nelson's house or at dawson's <laughs> how'd you Alex's, this is a question i've been two. asking
1: on on recent episodes um how did you first meet ryan
2: nelson man the first time i saw ryan i think was at a whiskey jam show and i think um show up drunk had just come out or something yep. he had his shirt off
1: yeah that was my that was my first whiskey gym that yeah. was that was like the that was a month before i moved to town
2: yeah he had like a care so it was we were at the same show and yeah. i didn't even know you then yeah That's i was cool. i was visiting yeah.
1: um visiting my my um my buddy uh dave hangley it's funny kepsi was actually down here with me and kepsi came down here together yeah i ended up moving a month later it took him another year or two to get down here but yeah, that was my first time meeting the Ryan. Full circle, too. man. That's and, crazy. And have you ever seen Walk the Line? Yeah, Johnny Cash. Oh yeah. He were watching Ryan Nelson that night because he had like the blazer on, but yeah. it was like unbuttoned. It looked like a, a a um like a jacked up Joaquin Phoenix from um that playing Johnny Cash. Like, oh yeah. Walked- Just the way he was acting, because you know, Ryan, You know, Ryan, Ronnie, Randy Nelson, he's always doing something. and yeah. He was. He was on fire that night
2: yeah he's got some of the same man- mannerisms now that you say that i never thought about that but you ever
1: watched the football game with him
2: with with uh ryan yeah oh yeah we yeah one time we went to hooters I think oh we yeah were we there. were there yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. antioch hooters yeah, baby worst, shit, <laughs>
1: worst service in the country and Hooters. dad calls
2: him florida man he is the florida he's man the florida man yeah
1: he he is the the quintessential florida man. i was watching the florida state notre dame game with him the other night yeah Bro, it was – so I guess the the backup quarterback ended up coming in for Florida State. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he kept yelling the whole game. Why isn't McKenzie in the game? What? Like, I'm like, Ryan, I know, I know. We, we wish he was in the game. He was, He's just nonstop. I know, you know? Man. It's I, He's an intense
2: dude. I was pulling for State. I was hoping Florida State was going to pull it off. But, uh, yeah, we ended up playing his uh, – like a bunch of his stuff when I was down there at Dad's this weekend. We were down out on the beach, and I was like, you got to listen to the song, Dad two trick pony and some of the other stuff yeah. he just came out with and dad's like he sounds familiar it's like that's ryan he said oh florida man heck yeah man <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah that sounds good dude <laughs> yeah
1: your your dad and ryan nelson were
2: <laughs> yeah they, they got along real well they got
1: along really 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 well what's um what's going down the florida like
2: for you oh uh, well coming back this trip was a pain in the ass man That was traffic all the way but it's a good time man i Sixty five is just a straight shot.
1: Well, I mean, what what's it like down in Florida? Oh, like down what's what's that what's
2: that area like? So it's great, man. My dad lives in between uh, Destin, Panama City. It's a little Thirty A. It's a little stretch. He's on the poor man's side, like we, even though there's not really a poor man's side, we are on the poor man's side of Thirty Eighth on Santa Rosa Beach, and we just go fishing, man. Like and and uh, you know, just hang out. I end up picking the guitar and playing on the beach a lot of times, and people come up and and join us or, you know, we'll exchange contacts or just just be there as ambiance. Sometimes nobody will come talk to us, but it's, it's just kind of our tradition, you know, and so we'll go out there and fish for pompano or redfish or whatever we can catch just right on the beach. Um, Hell yeah. Got a cooler going, you know, we're just drinking nice
1: yeah my first Florida beach trip was we went to we I brought a sh- I, I literally bought a shotgun for this trip because we were supposed to go and do something with allig- like all this shit yeah and not a single round was fired not a single fish was caught and we just <laughs> raged for like 72 hours
2: I'd say that's 60 percent of the time that's the way we are <laughs> maybe 40 percent <laughs> we get lucky and get some stuff
1: yeah that I've I've learned uh the down down in that area it's just it's a it's a good vibe it's got to be nice to have that place to go and catch your breath for a little bit too
2: yeah it is and and there's, there's a good mu- music community down there too uh, I was just telling you earlier but uh, there's a place Baytown Wharf that has uh, some good venues that actually was down there and the lady reached out I, we went up and talked to her because I played for New Year's a couple years back and uh, trying to start booking some stuff uh, as this as this EP starts releasing so she reached out and she's like hey can you play this weekend I was like oh man I left my all my gear back home and uh, you know just playing kind of with family right now but uh it's great man the music community is awesome down there the people are great people are always in a better mood when they're on vacation too so it's kind of like when you come to nashville a lot of people in nashville are in a good mood and it's it's because they're kind of getting away from their day-to-day routine and i feel like it's like that down there
1: absolutely man now for for you when was the last time you went out and played a gig? Because I know it's been a minute, and, been. and you're, and you're find you're really getting your getting your feet under you now as a solo act with this with this with the single coming out, the EP coming soon. Yeah. You've been writing a shit ton. When was the last time you were out like playing, playing a, gig, a gig, that gig that wasn't a writer's and, round? Yeah.
2: Um. Well, I mean, I play with Timothy Baker from time to time. He'll play over at um, uh, what's that place over by Nashville? Scoreboard. Scoreboard. So I've played with him. What what a little what ago. a little wizard that yeah, kid is. He's great, man. What
1: a just incredible.
2: Yeah, he's part of that diamond. They need to change the name as the diamond trio, but I think it needs to be like the four horsemen or something now. Yeah, because they're strong.
1: Were you Were you there that night? We had them at our round. Were you and Chelsea there that night yeah. when they played? Uh,
2: well, no, I, we were going to swing by, and you had just left, and it, like right when we got there, so we missed each other. But I have seen them play before.
1: Well, well, I'm I'm saying we had them at um at our round. Oh, All I right. was there. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was awesome, bro. It was like Country Eagles. Yeah, I think I played that round. Yes, you did. Earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, it was you. Um, I think Joe, Joe, um, Hadel. Yep. was on that yeah, one. Joe Hadel. Joe and, Hadel and uh, Maggie. Uh,
2: Lexy was Lexi Lou on that one. Yeah, Maggie. Mag- Maggie Ball. Maggie right. Ball.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, dude. Um, but watching those guys, so awesome. play, how'd you meet Timmy?
2: I met Timothy when we first moved up through Michael Stewart, our old drummer, and he was like, "Hey, this guy needs a." Uh, you know a a box player and he's like i suggested you as a harmony guy you want to play so we ended up playing like at bootleggers ended up playing for the uh the draft um during the draft bro
1: i was downtown during the draft too
2: yeah it was crazy that shit was nuts it was belly button asshole (laughs) everywhere it was a mess (laughs) so yeah so that's how i met him and uh he's just a great dude so genuine um one of the nicest people you ever meet awesome songwriter awesome player grew up with bluegrass
1: yeah, unique style yeah. which i think is what's really cool about seeing guys that that just got guys and girls that you've that you write with or that are kind of like around you everybody's a little bit different mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm. not like everybody's kind of doing the same thing it's like you've got these unique sounds yeah. and different styles amongst your your co-writers and your friends which yeah. is really cool
2: yeah and i, I think it it it's always kind of cool to see where people pull from and where their influences are, are kind of pulling from. But yeah, Timothy, we started writing together a little bit, and I've got a, one one of my favorite songs I've ever written actually was with him and Ethan Phillips. Um, both of those guys are just some some picking fools, man. They've got that bluegrass yeah. background, but uh, yeah.
1: yeah, Ethan Ethan Phillips. It's it, it was it was um it's funny we talk about Georgia and that's where Ethan's from, right? Yeah, he's a uh, So I remember talking with him and Justin Dukes together, like having a conversation, me and the two of them for the first time. I'm from New York. I'm Speedy Gonzales. Go, 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 go. I remember kind of sitting there and just listening to the two that they were. They were they were telling some kind of story that they had experienced together. Yeah. And those two that Georgia draw. That shit is real, man. It's real, man. Like they that the slow like the joke. But you hang on every word. The, the, that man's that Ethan says yeah. you know, And it's like that when he's singing He's so
2: quiet spoken too So, too, so you, you gotta listen a little bit a little bit harder But you know what he's gonna say which is gonna be important is, Which
1: works out <laughs> even better for when you're like a storytelling like style yeah. songwriter yeah. Which is what he is Because he's that old school style
2: Yeah him and I uh, and, and Chelsea actually went and saw James Taylor play at Bridgestone Like a couple weeks ago How was that? Oh my gosh And Jackson Brown opened up It was amazing And then we ended up uh, You know Daniel Niehoff? Yeah yeah, so Daniel was there, and he, he lives up in Kentucky now. You know, his house burned down. like Yeah. So he ended up moving up there, and we hang out from time to time. He'll come down, and we'll ride together. But uh, he was like, man, let's hang out. Come on over here to the Lexus Lounge. And I was like, what's the Lexus Lounge? He's like, you pay a little bit, but you can drink and eat all you want the whole time. So we ended up getting a little buggered up that night watching James Taylor, one of the best shows that I've ever, ever seen.
1: Who was your first concert?
2: Man, well, my first—I guess I can't really count it, but I am because, you know, he's a legend. But Randy Travis,
1: really? Mm-hmm. Where was that?
2: It was—it was a Georgia County Fair when I was—I was like super, super young. I mean, I, I probably don't even—I I honestly probably couldn't even claim that I remember it. Um, How old were you? I was like two or three. I think.
1: Okay, hey, you still claim that? Yeah. You claim that yeah. shit. Your yeah. first show was Randy Travis. That's badass. Yeah.
2: So I mean I've always been a big Randy Travis fan. First and, and first first show you bought a ticket for? Man, the first show. So when I was in church, you know, we were going to a lot of Christian concerts, and that was a whole nother thing. Uh, that's so a lot of my influences came from like bands you've probably never heard of, Petra Praise and Whiteheart, and like all these different. Well, Whiteheart's not, but Petra Praise and and uh, like uh, uh, DC Talk. I think Newsboys was one of the first shows I ever went to. Um Yeah, yeah. I mean that's and, what
1: that's what you grow up around yeah. and that's that's a big big thing. And that's something I think a lot of folks, especially kinda like our generation, like our class here in Nashville, grew up going to those shows and that's a big influence for them too. Yeah.
2: Jimmy Buffett's another one, you know, that, yeah. that as a kid. Tim- see, my family's kinda it's interesting. Like my mom's side is you know, is like we need to hide the beer in the fridge. It used to be, not anymore. My mom's, you know, you've met my mom. She's yeah. great. And and she wouldn't not be great if she wanted to hide the beer. So I'm not saying that. Yeah. But um, it was one of those things. Like, you know, the beer was kind of, you put the beer away. My dad's is complete opposite. So I'm like a hybrid of the two. I'm a little bit, you know, a little bit church pew. I'm a little bit rowdy. And, you know, and so you can kind of hear that in my music and, and kind of how I am when I hang out. So I just... I think it's great to be able to get both of those sides and and like really just understand yourself. Yeah, in that.
1: and you, you talk know. about both of those sides. I think this great transition here into into a song that's coming. That's mm-hmm. been one of our one been a song that a lot of folks in Nashville have been, been jamming to, yeah. um, especially at rounds that you've been playing. Angels in a bar. Yeah, literally man. is that hybrid yeah. Billy Graham's on barstools.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, one of those songs that just when you write it you know that's a special day and they don't they don't happen all the time but it was like we've got a good one here guys and uh yeah that that's uh, a lot of people have really enjoyed it given a lot of good feedback so i've decided to put that out i mean for me i had it in my hook book for like 6 7 months and i was pitching it to to what, different writers around. what or was, what
1: what was the hook like what was the process of that like what what was that initial hook what was that line in the book
2: uh i'm at devils in a church um, that's where, where that's it, where it started. That's where it started, and uh, not not that people hear that. I think that are in the church, and they immediately think, "Oh, this guy's saying bad things about the church." And and that's never been the heartbeat of it. The heartbeat of it is that, you know, that you're still okay if if you're not in the church. And I think the church is a place a lot of people go when they're sick. You know, but the people that, and, and we're all sick, you know, we're all, we all have our problems and we Absolutely, all have like our yeah. But I think that the the older I got, the more that I kind of went through my own trials and, and situations with my ex-wife. We were leading worship together when, you know, when we were going through our divorce. So that kind of put me in a situation where I didn't feel like church was the place that I needed to be at that point in time. Uh, the drama was there. You know what I mean? So So I was going to... To the bar, you know, down the street and, and, uh, met some of the coolest people that, that understood, you know, what I was going through and I could talk. And, and I do think that God, it was a godsend, you know, in, in certain situations that, that God sent somebody that knew I would be there. And, uh, you know, Jesus turned water into wine, uh, and he, he went to the places where people, you know, wouldn't normally be looking for him. And I, I think for me, I'm not trying to preach to anybody, but at the same time, like I'm going to if if it comes up i'm going to tell you about my story i'm going to tell you what jesus has done for me and and if it's at a bar or if it's in a church there's devils in church there's devils in the bar there's angels in church and there's angels in the bar so i think Absolutely
1: you know, man a huge a huge part of it is the um is having a congregation and like having like Having those friends and having that that kind of community and fellowship, mm-hmm. you can still get that fellowship in a bar. You don't have to be getting hammered and getting exactly. shitty. Yeah, you, you don't can, even drink. Yeah, some of the best conversations I've had have been sitting on a, sitting at at Live Oak at the local outside yeah. in the smoking section or over at Losers or or upstairs at Whiskey Jam, and it's again, it's that that fellow it's
2: that community. You can be genuine. I think too. absolutely. I think sometimes with the church, you feel like you've got to put on this appearance or you've got to, you you know, you, you're you already feeling like sometimes when you go to church, and I'm not saying every church is like this, but f- for a large part of people, you feel like you have to kind of be someone better than you are.
1: Especially if you grow up in a small town and everybody's going to know you, yeah. like, like that factors in as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think, uh, you know, um, do you feel?
1: Did you ever feel that in Nashville when you first moved here, though? Like what's where that? everybody knows you, like where you kind of got to do, you gotta, you gotta like play the game, or you gotta, you gotta do this or do that. Because I, I definitely did when yeah. I first moved here. I don't feel it anymore. Yeah, I
2: definitely when I first moved. I mean, I just, I just felt like, oh my gosh, there's so many good people, and I was just in my head, and I, I still get in my head. But I think for the first year, it just, it was just getting the butterflies, getting rid of the butterflies, and just being comfortable in my own skin. And I think a lot of people have told me this, but when you stop giving a shit about what people think, bro, yeah. And I don't mean that in a bad way, like. But when you really just know that, like, you're full and loved, and you're 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 a cool person, and you embrace that, and and you have grace for yourself, but you, you push yourself too, and you, and you stop listening to the noise. I think that's when things start to open up, or did for me anyway. You know. Yeah,
1: and you, we 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 have a, a very close mutual friend who very one of the first things he told me was, mm-hmm. the world gets a lot easier when you stop giving a shit. Yeah. That that's the guy who signs my paychecks now, Mister Trey Lewis. Yep. Um, and that's something that that's what's really cool, kind of about our crew as well is like there's a lot of folks like everybody's kind of authentically them. Yeah. You know within within our within. This kind of circle and crew that we roll with, and Trey I think is at the forefront of that. Of I'm Trey Lewis. I'm gonna be me like yeah. he, that. So what was? How did you first get to meet him? Because man, I know I know he I know you were mutually. You guys were some of the first guys to be writing with each other. Yeah, yeah, in tre- Nashville.
2: Yeah, Trey's Trey's a good buddy. Um, I met him through Matt McKinney, and okay. uh, and I had already heard his music a little bit. And Matt actually turned me on to him, and I was like, man, this guy's great. And uh, I think Matt had a write schedule, and he just was like, "Hey, man, you want to hop on this write?" So we were, we did it over at his house, and I just knew I was connected to this guy from from the very first time we met. I was like, "This guy's he's he he's real, and he gets me, and and I get him, you know." And 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 so we we wrote a song, and then we just started writing together all the time. Back when nobody would write with us, you know, we were not that nobody would, but you know, we were we were like all everybody in our group kind of that new. That new crew, and we were just trying to figure our way out. Yeah, and
1: you don't want to go up to the uh, go up to somebody at
2: a bar and hit them with the We Should Write Sometime. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's it's a lot
1: easier to, to write and get down with folks that, that you know.
2: Yeah, speaking of, I actually did that before. I've got the app. We Should Write Sometime. Oh, and the app! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I so what's, what's so that, that was, all about? That, so, that was a big thing I used when I first moved to town because I didn't know anything. And that was a big thing on freaking Clubhouse, dude. Yeah. Which we can
1: talk about Clubhouse here in a minute because yeah. that was a funny. That was that was a quick little, quick little, couple week thing. But what what was that app? What was using that like early on? Would you recommend yeah, that was, to somebody moving on? Moving I would.
2: In? Yeah, I would. I mean, I, I'm old school, man. I like. I feel like I'm trying to. I'm trying to get on board with all the new technologies and trying to figure that out as I go and. For me, man, I'm I'm always been more of a person to person type of like interaction person. Yeah. Like even when I was single and I was dating and doing the swipe right and swipe left, I was like, This this is weird, <laughs> man. It just you know, I just I like the organic like yeah. conversation, meeting people in, in real life. So I mean I tried it. I got some rights out of it. I actually got a pretty cool and Any
1: anyone that you still write with to this day? Anyone that you met on there that's been kind of a long time.
2: There's one guy that I stay in touch with. Um um, but we don't we don't write together anymore. Um, so no, I mean I I think what I did is I just started going to the bars, and meeting people on the different rounds and and wherever you know I was on Instagram looking at where my buddies were going and seeing who was playing here and I was like well that'd be cool, and and at first I was really like, really eager to try to talk to people you know and I was like I gotta I got I gotta approach this guy what do I say what do I do, and then I just got to where I was like you know what like it'll happen you know like do your dues put your time in. Be you, be genuine, but but don't think about the work of it. Think about the relational level of it, and that was the thing that for me, like I just kind of turned that switch off. About like, well, I got to do this, I got to do that, and I just let it happen naturally. And I think that's when COVID hit, and then and and meeting all of you know the crew with Trey and and Matt, Alex Maxwell, you know Ella, JB, like all those were kind of we we're all. Hanging out together, having fires. Dawson, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on. Brian Fraser, like so many guys, I couldn't even. uh, Sigs in the outfield. Sigs, man. Team
1: no hits. There's a few names for it.
2: Yeah, so it was. It was just one of those things. Like it just kind of grows, and that's how everything is in life, you know. But when you strip everything down and you've got to start over, it's it's one of the best things for you in the long run. But in the short run, it's painful. And I think that's moving to Nashville and moving anywhere. When you take that change in life, it's gonna hurt for a little bit, but you're gonna be able to look back and be like, "Okay, if you put in your time, you put in your work, you know, you do the right thing, you know, it's gonna pay off."
1: Yeah. When did so. When did it stop hurting?
2: Man, when, probably... when
1: when was that first level of comfortability where you're like, "I'm, this was the right mover. I'm I'm doing something."
2: Yeah. Um. I mean, it took a good year for me to like feel like okay i guess i'll stay and then COVID hit because that was i guess 2020 and yeah COVID
1: hits march of 2020 is when yeah. everything started getting shitty
2: yeah and then i was like oh well maybe i should <laughs> i should go home but i mean i was my my boss has been uh very uh flexible with me and i've been really fortunate to be able to work with him um and you know during that time was probably some of the best rights I ever had was 2020 because we all had the is it is Is
1: that when the – I was going to get it on my – I still might get the tattoo. I wanted to get it as soon as I first heard the song. The first time I heard it, I think you guys might have been playing it together yeah. at the local, a um, little tired. yeah Did that come during 2020? I think – Or was that I'm before i don't
2: remember, but I, I think that was in October of 2019. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that, that was one of the first – maybe two, second or third songs – Maybe the first song me and Trey ever did by ourselves may have been the second. Just, a, just the duo just the thing. thing. Yeah. And I mean, we grinded it out. We got. I think it probably took us about five or six hours. To get well,
1: yeah, there's run. a lot you're saying in that song, and it compacted into the into the three three and a half minutes that it is, mm-hmm. there, you guys really opened up on that. We you did. were talking about your depression. Yep. Trey talking about talking about sobriety. I mean, you guys have both both been married and divorced. You guys have both lived a a few lots yeah yeah i mean it's and it's conveyed in that song like it, it, you're a little tired
2: it takes you over man i mean there's been times where i've just laid and i remember when i first moved up here, i just did not want to get out of bed yeah just laying in bed all day man and uh i know what it feels like like it's a fog it's like when you're in that it's a fog and and everybody can try to tell you what they want but you've got to make up a decision you know and make up your mind to say all right, I'm going to get up even though I don't want to. I'm going to yeah. keep pushing forward. But, yeah, that that song we we both had to get really vulnerable with. So glad we did. So glad that that, that came out of it and that it's blessed other people and touched other people's Dude, lives. Dude, yeah,
1: the first time I heard that, I was
2: like, shit. Yeah.
1: Like, I feel this. The um, I ain't drinking no bourbon, but there's demons on the shelf. That mm-hmm. That's the big one. I've lost so much of me. Um. I forget what, what comes after that. I've lost so much of me. Um.
2: Man, now you now I got to pull it up. Uh, <laughs> you got to dig so through weird all when the you're lyrics. You're hearing the melody. You can't even think about it. Um, because that because the,
1: the lyrics in that in that chorus just
2: grab you. It is. It's uh, the whole thing. I mean, yeah, I'm pulling it up while you're. Let's see. Yeah. So, yeah. There's ghosts down the hall in the middle of my mind telling me I'm crazy because I learned to walk the line. I ain't drinking no bourbon, but there's demons on the shelf. I've lost so much of me I don't recognize myself. Like. And it feels like winter took the fall. Yep. I ain't saying my world's gone to hell. I'm just a little tired. That's all. And that's that's the season of depression is winter. Yeah, man. You know? Seasonal
1: depression is a real thing.
2: It's a real winter, and it just it just takes over every aspect of your life. And I go through it. I mean, I've i probably got bipolar disorder. You know, yeah. there's another song. Uh, what it's supposed to do, and like the course is like, you know, but my mind is high and low. You know, it's yeah. it's it's all over the place. And, and you know, if we just did what we were supposed to do. We'd be right there in the middle, you know, and I think yeah. there's moments where we are in the middle. Um, but I think a big part of that's what you're eating, you know, how you're treating your body, what you're putting in your mind, what you're consuming, you know, what you're looking at, what you're thinking about. And all that stuff kind of weighs into that, you yeah. know, but I've, I've had to definitely learn things the wrong way, you know, to do it right. And, yeah. And try to the hard way.
1: That's a those I think you just said some lyrics right there. Yeah, and that would right be... from doing wrong. I'm just trying to plug in my
2: EP as, <laughs> as much as possible. What's
1: the What's the What's the What's the title of the EP going to be? Is it going to be a self titled or do you pick a? There's probably be Angels, a title track. Angels in the bar,
2: probably. The bar? But Trey Lewis will actually be featuring on the second song. Which song is that? Right from doing wrong. He's the bartender in the in the song. He'll be he'll be behind the bar which is kind of funny cuz he's the sober guy. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's very fitting. He always likes to buy drinks for his buddies.
1: Yeah, and you guys shot that over at the um one of your one of your new favorite spots, Plug the uh the the set for the uh the content yes. music video photo shoot that we had a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, man.
2: Lucky's 3-star bar if if you're looking for a cool local spot. Nashvillians, it's a great place. It's very like, chill. It's, it's, it's very
1: it's yeah. slightly off the beaten path, to where you're not going to get caught with all the bullshit. Yeah, it's right past Never Never, Midtown. Yeah, yeah.
2: They,
1: Which there's some cool little bars over there. I've been to Never Never, and mm-hmm. I've been to uh what's the other? Me and Nikki T tried getting into this one bar one night. We were we were out on Dumbray, and it was a late. It was actually no, it was after the whiskey jam at the Ryman thing. And we tried to go in. I think it's called Flamingo.
2: Flamingo, yeah, yeah. We
1: tried going in. We had our shorts and Nikki T. I, mean, I think Nikki T. might have been in jorts. Like we were, we were not. They were like, we can't let you fools in. So yeah. we went down the never never. That I've was only a cool been there spot.
2: once. We went there on my birthday, and the same thing. I was like, man, if I can't wear a hat, I'm not going. <laughs> I mean, my my bald ass. I gotta I gotta have a a hat. Allowed place to go to, but uh, yeah, they've got a, a three star that place right there. They've got darts outside and they've got uh pool tables inside, and it's just a cool, loungy kind of there's there's a frame over a picture, there's a, a frame in the bathroom covering up a, a hole where somebody punched a hole in the wall, and they just put a, gl- a clear frame around it. That says, Don't be this guy, you know, <laughs> like, this it's <this> great. <laughs>
1: it's a bar, it's a bar with some character, too. Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hell
1: yeah, hell yeah, dude. So, you've got how many songs coming on the EP?
2: Six. Six song EP, EP. Yeah.
1: And talk about the recording process, because you oh, recorded man. that with some some good friends of the family here, yes. with uh, old Grady Saxman, and Grant, and Saul, and Tim, and the whole crew over there. What's it like working with Saxman Studios? Man,
2: it's great. I mean, they're some of the first people I met when I came to town. Um, he actually did some of the vocal uh, work for us on a song called Drunk Enough when I was in Hammer and Haynes. And uh, so that was my first impression of Grady. I'd already heard about him through kind of other people back home and that he was somebody that, you know, is good for independent artists to work with. So I already knew about him and, and he's just blown up since me living here too. He's just had so much one, success. He's, with, he's,
1: he's one of the busiest guys yeah. out there though. Like that, that studio is rarely yeah. empty. Even at overnight hours, they're, they're tinkering. Oh, yeah, There were, there were two, there. two
2: people like when most a lot of times when I was doing a vocal cut, when we were doing the vocal cuts or somebody else singing in the other, in the other box. I mean, they've got a, they've got a system down and everybody there knows what they're doing and they're invested into the people. And it's great, man. Andrew Schultz actually got to be really good friends with him through that process. And he's been working with me on trying to get all this stuff, you know, going live and on the platform. So, so
1: they've got business admin folks over there too.
2: Well, I mean, he's, he's just helping, he's just kind of working with me. So, but I mean, it's kind of it's kind of looking to shape up where it could be that you know I mean if 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 that's what they're wanting to do I mean which
1: that which that's awesome and and again I mean they they are are friends of the program here with uh, within the round and stuff mm-hmm. but which has been cool because I I first got to know I had known Grady from from those guys right there from the Muscadine Boys because he he was play, he would play drums on on some of their sessions and things like that yeah. and then obviously the the explosion that happened December first last year. With all that, with um, with Trey going in there and just different, everybody that I would meet would say, "Oh yeah, I'm recording with Grady. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm recording with Grady. Oh yeah, I'm recording with Grady." Whether it's freaking Ryan Nelson and Chad Bishop, or it's freaking Trey, or it's freaking Maxwell, or it's like whoever was recording with
2: Grady. Yeah, he's the industry standard right now for for he is,
1: which is freaking sick. You know, and and so uh, you guys make sure you make sure you check out Saxman Studios and all that. How long did it take recording the EP?
2: Oh man. Feels like forever. It's been a long process, man. um You know, first, I mean, I've written a lot of songs since I've moved to town. So the hardest part there was just, like, narrowing down.
1: What was one song that you wish could have made it that got left off uh, that we'll probably see at some point soon?
2: Um, I really like the one, like I said earlier, I wrote with Timothy and uh, Ethan, uh, Every Shot. That's one that a lot of people really like. And it's just a high school setting about, you know, you'll miss every shot you don't take. It's it's from a football um, kind of setting and like the the homecoming queen thing, but it, 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 and we didn't even realize when we wrote it, or I don't know if I did, maybe they did, but uh, that was a Wayne Gretzky quote. You know, you'll miss every shot you don't take. Yeah. So, so it ended up being kind of cool in that aspect. But that that'd be one that I kind of wish I had put. There's a few others that I, that I was going back and forth on. Um, uh, but so that was the hardest process narrowing down like two, I've written probably now at this point about 200 songs since I moved to town. Isn't
1: isn't that crazy to say out loud? I've written yeah. 200 songs since I moved here. Some by yourself, but most with co-writers, yeah. with, yeah. with people that you've met. I mean, you think back to those early days when you first moved here, now you fast forward, you've written 200 yeah. or so songs.
2: Yeah. I had to go through and, and somebody told me, uh, Alex Pennington Smith was, which is a guy that I he did a lot of our production back home and he used to work with tree vibes and was really good friends with, uh, Tyler Hubbard and, uh, from FGL. And, uh, we grew up in the same town. He was in Monroe and I was in Loganville and, uh, uh Alex. And actually small story about that. Tyler dated my ex wife back in the day. No shit. So we went and saw Tyler at waffle house right, like right before they blew up and Cruz came out and it was like, he's like, yeah, it's about to get crazy, man. And, uh, so it's cool. My ex-wife actually sang with him uh, back in church and stuff. No right, way, that's wild. Together. But uh, anyway, um, so what were we talking about? I just completely sidetracked that. So we were
1: talking about um, the fact that you've written the two hundred oh yeah so I mean, so Alex.
2: Alex Alex told me he's like Alex Mac or Alex Pennington Smith was like, man, just you got to write a lot of crap to get the good stuff. And I was, and I just applied that, man. I just started writing every day and I did, I've written a lot of crap. (laughs) There's a (laughs) lot of crap in 200 songs, but there, but also there's, you know, it started getting some really good stuff in there and, and stuff that I believed in that I felt like, um, was the message that I wanted to get out and, and what, you know, what, what I want to say, you know, and what I want people to hear. And hopefully it brings people hope and enjoyment and it it touches their heart, you know, and and motivates them in some way. So, yeah,
1: dude, I think people are definitely gonna be feeling something when they, when they hear all these songs. I know I've definitely felt stuff to some Nick Haynes songs, man. And it's, it's been, it's been really cool. So now just some, some fun questions to kind of wrap it, wrap it up before we play this, uh, this debut solo single for you. Um, Favorite place to eat in Nashville.
2: Oh, okay, we'll break it up. Okay. Favorite favorite Mexican joint. Um, damn. I mean, Cinco's is 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 like, or uh, Cilantro's is really good. Have you had
1: lost Palmas?
2: Yes, I have over by in the Kroger. There's like ten of
1: them. Yeah, I've been. There's in the one in there's, a, there's a good one right over here that I just started going I might to. Have we to kept go there it. after this? Fucking yeah, we might <laughs> we might just have to. It's really good. Uh, favorite barbecue joint.
2: Um, what's the one off of twelfth? Um Peg leg porker no no it's off 12th, 12th south it's uh oh man it's so good they're wings dude is it edley's edley's have oh. you ever, their
1: wings so when we've been doing um plug to edley's which is funny because boudreaux who i used to do this with did not like edley's so we used to like have a joke about edley's yeah but i've since had when we do um rehearsals over at soundcheck yeah they um a uh, part of my my TM duties. I gotta go and make sure all these all these guys get fed, mm-hmm. and we've been getting food from Edley's, bro. I j- I get the wings every freaking time. Yeah, they're, they're like, dry rub. They're ridiculous. Oh, they're so good. Like they're insanely good.
2: Like <laughs> theirs and Luke Bryan's actually has some really good. Yeah, I've
1: I've never eaten at um at any of the uh, tequila cowboy bars, but yeah, um but yeah, Edley's wings are out of this world. Yeah. Um, favorite uh, hidden gem.
2: Oh, man. Besides
1: besides Lucky Three
2: Star. I'm an outdoor person. I mean, obviously. I mean, Larry's is is my hidden gem, but well, but also kayaking. Yeah. You know, like, I, I love going to Harpeth River and just going down the river.
1: Yeah, somewhere somewhere that people can go to because, like, Larry's is yeah. sick, but I don't know if we need all these
2: listeners popping no, up no, at no, no. old Uncle Larry's. Yeah, uh, the Harpeth River, man. I, I go there a lot. Kingston Springs. Um, I'll drop in over to the baseball field, and then I'll get out. You know, and I, I mean, I, the good thing I've, I've actually done it by myself before, you know, no shit. and just go over there and yeah. And, uh, hiking, man, I, I just like, lo- I just like being outside. I grew up, you know, being outside when I was a kid, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't cell phones, there wasn't any of that stuff. You know, there's, rot- you're on the rotary phone calling, you know, or whatever the, the phone and the plug, as long as you're home by dinnertime, you know, and we go play in the Creek for hours or play, play in the cul-de-sac, play football, you know, and come back with, Asphalt in our arms, you know, because yeah. we were playing too rough. But um, Nashville, man, there's so many spots. Um, Harpeth River, like I said, out there. Um, I mean, golly, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember as soon as we get off this con- off this podcast. But <laughs> there are so many hidden places. Look me up. I'll I'll always post when I go somewhere too. But uh, I don't know. I I love finding new places too. So what about you? I mean,
1: um, for me, I mean some. Some different um, kind of spots. Like I've, I've. It's, it, it's not like hidden for everybody, but I've started going over to East Nashville a little bit with like the, that Americana crew of like yeah. the, the Ben Chapman's, Tyler Halversons, Ben McCrees, Harper O'Neals, like that and whole Nate crew. Frederick. Nate Frederick, yeah. And I've popped into some bars in East Nashville, and I never thought I'd hang out in East Nashville in my life.
2: We but. used to go over there all the time, man. The pizza spot. There's all those places. Yeah, five right there. five point
1: fire. five points is right there. Um, there's uh Red Door it? too, I think. There's Red Door East. What the hell is it? Lakeside Lounge. Have you been there? Yeah. Next to the basement East? Yep. Talk about it like vintage. It's kind of that same vibe as that Lucky 3 place.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, another, there's a place like that out there. I can't remember. It's not Lakeside, but it's a little hole in the wall. And then they've got like a fenced in yard yeah. out back where people go and hang out I love East Nashville too that's a great spot it's
1: cool yeah I, I want to spend some more time out there because my first year in town was consumed by Broadway because yeah. I was I was bouncing at, on, um, at Whiskey Row yeah. and it was like that was my, my life was seven days five days a week I'd be working and then the other two days I'd come up and get into shit up there you know like yeah. that's what that's what I did all I thought Nashville was was Broadway and yeah. then oh go to Whiskey Jam on Mondays and Revival on Tuesdays that's it you know
2: yeah West West has some cool places too it does
1: it does and you go out to Brian Fraser Country out there in good old Pegram. Yeah. as uh, Tra- Tra- one of Trey Bonner's favorite places.
2: Speaking of, I mean, he's out there near where we need to go kayaking too.
1: I'd be down to go. Kay- we got kayaks out here in the back.
2: I got two as well, so bro. I'm I'm down.
1: Do I'm down. Enjoy some Delta Eight. Go go kayaking and have a good have a good old time.
2: Yeah, Especially it's cooling down too, so it's gonna bro, be a prime yeah. season, for dude. That,
1: that I love. I love this time of year because you got football back. Yep. The weather's a little bit cooler. Leaves begin to change. The allergies start to subside a little bit. Not yeah. fully, but just a little bit.
2: Fall so. is right with the world right now. All, with all, fall, man. With fall, absolutely. And football.
1: And football. There you go. Your Georgia Bulldogs. Go dogs. Big win.
2: That was huge, man. 13 to... Three? They didn't even have to score. Or wait, 10-3.
1: The the offense didn't even have to score because the defense just played so well.
2: Dude, I was so proud. I would rather have a good defense any day than – Yeah, I mean,
1: if you're a Georgia Bulldogs fan, when you think back to the David Pollock days and, like, that that era, like, Georgia football is best when you're running the ball and you got a defense that doesn't let the other team do shit. That is the best kind of Georgia Bulldogs football. I was
2: worried about that game, man, but it was – it was. It's a great way to start the season. I'm not going to hold my breath because, as you know, how Georgia sports go, <laughs> it's it's a curse. It is a real thing. Yeah. I've been dealing with it since since I can remember. 95 was the one year that we finally got you Yankees uh, and for Braves. Yeah, <laughs> after all the time we had to go back and forth, but but you know, it's one of those things you just love either way. I mean. The, and and the fact that they're always in it just speaks to how good they are. Yeah, you know?
1: dude. And and Athens, Georgia, I mean, the college towns. We talked about Milledgeville, but you want to look up a state with great college towns. And I know there's other other states around the country that have different places, Texas being one of them, but they're basically their own freaking country. But, like, you go down to Georgia and you've got Athens. Mm-hmm. You've got Milledgeville. You've got Tifton. You've states- got Statesboro. Statesboro. You've got um, – Kent like that that Atlanta area, there's some yeah, different Georgia colleges State,
2: Kennesaw State now yep. Georgia State's got a football team they're right there next to Georgia Tech yeah
1: well one that gets overlooked a lot Valdosta yeah, you, you, a, yeah. you get into some shit in Valdosta there's yeah. some fun Georgia is is a fun. Fun area to fun area to go to and, and grow up and, and experience your college years and yeah. great place to play music because there's so many different venues. Oh, yeah, I dude. mean, you could make that's literally how all these guys and girls have really come up. Is
2: you can get stuck. I mean, in a good way, you can get stuck in Georgia with with gigs. I mean, there's that much live music there. There I mean, is a, there's I mean, a big just, live music. I mean, you you were doing it other. with
1: you were doing it in the duo yeah. with Henrik and Haynes. I mean, another guy that comes to mind. I mean, obviously the 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 boys from Jefferson Brantley and mm-hmm. and Corey Smith. Tyler Hammond, yep huge big guy well,
2: he, he went to Georgia college, yep,
1: big guy in Georgia yeah. and he's made a career and then you trickle in, up into South Carolina and over into Alabama and yep
2: and we did that. that we did that circuit too and um and uh it's weird man uh Corey, Corey Smith actually lives in the town like right down the road from the town that I moved. I was in Braselton, and uh Andrew Janaka uh is in Braselton like I yeah. didn't even realize that till he was in town. And me and him were talking, he's like, dude, we we live like right down the road from each other. I was like, That's crazy. You know, and, and I knew that he was kind of close, but um and then Jefferson was which is one town up from one exit, like two exits up from from Braselton where I was living before I moved up here. So there is, there's a there's a lot of you know, and Georgia gets that kind of persona, I feel like sometimes it's harder to make it or to to have success if you come up here from Georgia because there's I don't know. Just so such a concentration of Georgia people. I don't, I don't know. If, I, don't
1: know. I don't know if it's harder because I feel like there is a huge thing of people pulling the next guy up.
2: Yeah, I mean there's that anyway. If if you, could you yeah.
1: watch that um the uh, Dirt Road Diary thing, the Luke Bryan documentary. Yes.
2: Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, and that Never literally
1: is I mean you see the connection of those guys coming up together yeah. him bringing along a guy that would bug him. He gave a job selling merch to, mm-hmm. right, and Cole Swindell. Yeah, Cole, yeah. And now Cole Swindells were bringing people. I mean, you just see, and then John Langston's a part of that now, and the yeah. the four wheel drive guys. And now you got this next crew coming up after them. Like,
2: yeah, it, it, country music is is the most uh, it's a, it's a family, generous, comp- competitive environment. I think you could, yeah. ever... you know, while while on one hand you're trying to you're you are competing, but in the other hand it's like, you know, at the end of the day, like if I'm not loving this person and supporting them, then what's the point in competing? You know, and I, I'm not saying one has to be at the expense of the other. Thankfully in country music they go hand in hand, you know. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, man, for sure. Now, um about to play this about to play this new single you have got coming out. It's called Over There. Um, you said you wrote it with Davis and Joey. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, and um, what's again? I know we talked about it earlier, but what's like the one thing you want people to take away from this song?
2: Oh man, uh, never give up on love. You know, uh, even if it even if it's too late, uh, because love's the one thing that that binds us together. Hell be. yeah! So that's, Hell that's,
1: yeah! Awesome man! Yeah, awesome dude. Well, I'm proud. I'm proud of you, and happy that we get to do this, man. I know you've been too, you've man. been a big supporter of what what I've been doing with this podcast. And honestly, I mean, hanging out with you and Chelsea is one of my favorite things to do in town. Which, by the way, Chelsea she is the shit. You guys she are is. my you guys are my favorite place to go to. Like, my favorite host as far as, like, when, when Nick and Chelsea invite you over, you know it's going to be a good yeah, time. night. we had a good time and the other night. We had, a good time, we had a really good time the other night. We've had good times. We've had interesting times at Red Door Saloon. We've had good times at Live Oak. Yeah, we've man. had – and uh I'm happy to call you a friend and a brother and damn proud that the world gets to hear your music, bro. Thank now, bro, where, can pe- where can people check you guys – or check you out?
2: Uh Playing or, like, just on the platforms? On the they? platforms. On the platforms. Plug, plug all them socials. Yeah, so, I mean, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, Nick Haynes official um, Facebook and then all the platforms I'm I'm, I've got it on Spotify Uh, it'll hopefully be on Pandora I'm trying to figure all the distribution still out um, but it is on all the platforms right now if you want to get it on iTunes um, it'll be out I'm trying to get people On the pre-saves But I guess by the time This goes out It'll be out anyway So it'll, it'll be on every platform Yeah Hell yeah Amazon all, Music All, all the stuff
1: Awesome Well we're gonna let um, Let the Let the song speak for itself It's a new one From our buddy Mr. Nick Haynes This is Over There Y'all have been listening To the In The Round Podcast
0: Say goodbye Maybe I should've tried A little bit harder let her go, let her fly Said if you come back then you'll be mine But I'll be waiting on you Front row on a blue moon back row If you ever change your mind It starts feeling colder Front door might get a bit of closure here If you ever get over there All the guys say that I need to find a way To get myself back But it don't work like that I've loved you all along I'll be waiting on you But light in a neon light. I'll always leave it Feeling colder. Front door might get a bit of closure yeah. if you starts feeling